Welcome to Story Story Night, where you hear true stories on a theme, recorded live on stage and without notes. I'm your host, Jessica Holmes. Today, we find breaking up is hard to do, but heartwarming to rebound from, and our February 2012 theme, Breakup, Stories of the End of the Affair. First up, featured storyteller Jennifer Sanders-Peterson finds home again after full-blown heartburn. Am I taller than Phil? Okay, it's the heels. Um, Yeah, Jessica said 10 seconds of scary and then it would be all gone. So maybe if I just close my eyes and count to 10, (laughs) I can start, but... Um, one of my favorite movies is 500 Days of Summer, and it starts off with this disclaimer that this is a love story. No, it's a story about love, but it's not a love story. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of give the same thing, that this is a story about a breakup, but it's probably not a typical breakup story. I submitted one of those, and they said, no, we've got enough of those. We need something a little different. So um, I grew up the daughter of a widow. My father was killed when I was four years old in 1979 in a car accident. And my mother was left with four children and a real estate license that at that time in Nampa, Idaho, was pretty much useless. And (laughs) I grew up um, rather embarrassed of my mother. Not that she was weird looking or anything. She was actually really pretty. I look back at the old pictures and she reminds me of of Kirsten Dunst now. She had these legs that I did not inherit. And I'm really (laughs) angry about that. But she was not like the other moms. She wore cowboy boots instead of dress shoes. And she rode a motorcycle sometimes. And I don't know why I was so bothered by this, but if somebody had a name tag on, she would call them by their first name. Oh my gosh. Um, she square danced and she shot pistols and mostly she worked. She worked and worked and worked. She herded cattle and she cleaned like empty houses that people would abandon (laughs) and leave all their stuff in the fridge. And, um, she worked catering at night and the Woolworths layaway counter at the Cartram Mall in Napa. And finally, she uh, got on kind of at a steady gig working as a secretary at a sand and gravel company. And um, she'd come up, she'd leave at like, I don't know, probably seven in the morning. She'd come home at seven at night and look like she's been systematically pulling her hair out all day. And the, the mascara's worked into the dark circles under her eyes. And she's got two bags of like greasy hamburgers and she's home. <laughs> and I remember thinking, oh, I am going to do this all different. You know, when I grow up, I'm going to have the tennis sweater and I'm going to have the penny loafers. I'm going to be home when the kids get home and there's going to be cookies on the table and we're going to go to church every Sunday. And I'm just going to do it all different. And I grew up, and that's what I did. I married the most wonderful man in the world. I had four beautiful boys, and I had khakis, and I was rocking the minivan. And (laughs) um, I learned how to watercolor paint and made casseroles and (laughs) volunteered at the library. And I even did, like, the ultimate crazy stay-at-home mom thing, which was I decided I'm going to homeschool, like... I'm going to give my kids this education fit for the children of a king. And so I homeschooled. I was home all the time. My my husband and my children were my life, and everything was good. Like, you start to find little problems because stuff is so good that, you know, it can't, can't, there's nothing to complain about. And uh, 
13 years go by and suddenly that wonderful man in the world isn't so wonderful anymore. And obviously I'm adorable and so it couldn't be my fault, but <laughs> despite, despite my best efforts, my, my marriage ends in a divorce, which is the ultimate breakup. You know, you, you start to understand that's why they call it breaking up because your insides feel like that's what they're doing. You've become so intertwined with this other person and you have to try and rip all your pieces back and unravel yourself physically and emotionally and mentally and spiritually and financially and it's, it's hard. So, bam, I'm this single 32-year-old woman with four children. I got a German associate's degree. Certainly I can do something with that, right? And <laughs> um, I'd ran an interior design company and everybody lives in a rental house now so I can do something with that. And, um, I... I um, think that my husband didn't die because I always swore I'd, I'm going to find somebody that doesn't die. That's the that's the key component. But it feels now that he's he's died to me. I gotta I gotta figure stuff out. I gotta get a plan. And I'm I'm crying in the shower and I'm crying when I drive anywhere by myself and I'm crying myself to sleep and the Cheerios commercial comes on where the little boy, you know, says, dad, you have high cholesterol, eat the Cheerios and I'm bawling at that. <laughs> but in front of my kids, I'm smiling and I'm trying to be strong and I'm trying to be brave and I'm trying to show them that, that I got their backs and I'm trying to keep some semblance of the life that they knew. But I go back to school to get my degree and I give up staying at home for some cobbled version of, I don't know, like student and I'm freelance writing part-time. And um, my kids, you know, seem to just kind of be rolling with the punches, which, which I appreciate very much. And so it begins the next three years of my life. And things slowly start to settle. I graduate with my, my writing degree and I get a job and another job and another job and another job and another job. Not one right after another, I wasn't fired. I have five jobs right now because <laughs> I got a mortgage and I got four hungry kids and it's a lot. And, <laughs> um, and then just a few weeks ago, I'm, I'm hurrying home from one of those jobs and I'm trying to get my kids to piano lessons on time. And I got my hand on the wheel and I turn that minivan of mine into my subdivision and the light hits my hand just right. And I thought, oh my gosh, that's my mother's hand. <laughs> and it's blue veined and my nails are all worn down and there's like mystery bruise and scar on it. And, <laughs> and I know it because I was that kid sitting next to, the, next to her on the bench seat of her truck as she would um, be trying to get me to piano lessons on time. And I thought, how, despite all my best efforts, did I end up here? Did I put my kids in that spot that I swear I would never be in? But also at that moment, I understood so much more about my mom. She wore cowboy boots because she worked with cows. I mean, it was practical. <laughs> she, she rode a motorcycle because gas was expensive, and I'm pretty sure she needed all the money that she could get. And she brought home those hamburgers because she was probably really tired of standing and she didn't want to stand up and cook dinner too, but she still wanted to sit with us and be with us. 
And even though she was a secretary of a sand and gravel company, by the time I graduated high school, she owned that company. And she was able to retire after 17 years of being single. She married again. She and her husband got their captain's licenses, and they captained this 65-foot eagle trolley all around like Central and South America. She went to Europe, and she got some dreadlocks put in her hair <laughs> at some, some Caribbean island, and it was, it was a neat... <laughs> I, it was really neat. And then that woman who would take the time to call people by their names and look them in the eye because she cared, had standing room, and I'm talking like this, like standing clear out into the uh, foyer and outside when it was her funeral in um, 2006 when she passed away of cancer. And that was about a year and a half before my divorce. So I didn't, I didn't get to thank her <laughs> for all that my youthful selfishness didn't see beyond for all those sacrifices that I didn't appreciate until I was put in the very situation that she was. And for three years, I couldn't really define myself as anything but a divorced woman. I couldn't get beyond that. But this year has been a breakthrough. And I started realizing I'm not a normal mom either. I ride a longboard and I hang out at the roller derby <laughs> and I can actually dance dubstep and I'm standing up here in a skirt made out of faux furs. <laughs> you know, this is like my equivalent of cowboy boots, I think. <laughs> but thus far, my kids seem okay with it, either that or they know I won't bring them Oreos if they, <laughs> if they complain that I'm weird. But um, yeah, my, my breakup tore my heart out, but it also gave me heart, and it gave me courage to do things I would never have done, like stand up at Story Story Night and, and tell this story, and I thank my mom for that uh, example that she gave me, and I, I hope I'm doing it right. Thank you. Beautiful story, Jennifer. Now, it's your turn. Step up to the mirror and face it. You have a story, and it wants to be told. Find your voice at the Story Story Studio, our free and fun workshop held on the third Monday of each month at the Union Block Executive Center, right across the hall from the Rose Room, at 720 West Idaho Street in downtown Boise. At the upcoming studio on March 19th, our helpful guides will walk you through ideas, to the page, and to the stage, with a special focus on preparing for upcoming slam and featured storyteller entries. Now, back to the scene of breakup, when story slammer Shannon Lewis breaks down on the road of a seeming fairy tale. Good. <laughs> a little nervous. <laughs> so yeah, I was recently engaged. And this is actually a success story, even though it was a breakup. And uh, I don't even know where to begin except for that I did it. I did it. I was, I did it and, I, and uh, I decided. I decided on somebody and I decided for real and I made the choices and I jumped both feet in and I was going to do it. <laughs> and it started out slow. I met this guy at a bar and I was saucy that night and man, I was cute. <laughs> and everybody thought that I was cute. Well, at least that's what I remember. And I met him sitting at a bar, and, um, and then the next day I was like, you know what, 
I'm not as saucy as I was last night, and I'm not going to really call that boy back. He called me a few times and kept on trying, and I even said out loud, I can't really see myself being romantic, but if you want to go for a run or maybe play some Scrabble, I would be up for that. <laughs> and he did. And he called me appropriately, didn't annoy me, and he, uh, he fixed my outside bench. Um, he's really good with weather. He was uh, worked with, uh, he was jumped out of planes. He was a smoke jumper, and he looked at weather patterns. I was trying to have this garage sale, which if you guys ever put on garage sales, a bad idea. Um, and I... <laughs> was gonna have one in May, and he told me like, you really shouldn't have one this weekend. It's gonna have awful weather. And I'm like, I can't even believe you would say that right now. I have everything going. Everything's all set up, and I can't have another weekend. This is it. So he did, he put up all my signs, helped me with this weekend. It hailed. <laughs> and I, he wrapped up this tarp that went over my entire garage sale. It ended up pulling off my trellis because the hail was so heavy that it pulled the tarp down. And my girlfriend who rode her bike over to help me that day got stranded at my house while it was hailing outside. And she's like, this is a keeper. This is the one. He, he never said I told you so. So we went ahead. I was um, deep in nursing school and didn't really have time. I had barriers all over the place. While I owned a house, I ended up moving out of it and moving into my parents' basement so I could afford to go to school, and he still was into me. So we went along. He took me to Hawaii. Everything was perfect. My mom was in love. <laughs> so there we go. And then he asked me to marry him, and that was pretty awesome. There were some things that, you know, I had to decide on. Um, you know, he didn't want kids, so that was hard. And um, I had to decide where am I with this, and I had to put myself into a position, and I actually decided, you know what? If I make a decision, taking us as a team and thinking what's best for us, everything became an easier decision for me. I decided, you know, it wasn't just about me giving, people would say, oh, you're sacrificing. I'm like, I wasn't sacrificing. I was able to look at us as a couple and be able to decide what is best for us. And it made everything easier to decide. So I knew that I could be with him. And, um, and there you go, I mean, that's how it was. But where am I going now? <laughs> good, good, good. Everything was good. Um, I'm from a huge family, big Catholic family. I'm one of 29 cousins. We have a 29 on one side. Uh, we have some big dogs of my family, and they kind of do think that they still run the show. They don't necessarily, but we give them that idea that they do. They live out in Minnesota. Other than my grandma, who is turning 100, who is still very capable, wasn't able to come, but the rest of the big dogs came out um, to see who this man was. I'm the oldest girl cousin not married. Um, <laughs> So we did that, and the, I feel like I'm missing just a big chunk of this story. The kid thing, yeah, yeah, you know I decided not to do that, la, la, la. Anyway, um, I decided, though. I decided, and I did a good job deciding, and he was a good pick. And I think that what I went through as far as my level of deciding, I was 
nursing school, trying to move, trying to do the NCLEX, trying to get a new job. I feel like I was bouncing out these barriers right and left just to get closer to him. He wanted me to live with him, but I couldn't until I just finished some stuff. And I just felt good about everything that I was doing and putting it in the right order. My family came out from Minnesota. We went to Magic Reservoir. I don't know if anybody knows where that is, but it's kind of redneck. Um, the fun thing that we do is take four wheelers out to the bar and yeah, that's it. Um, so, and I also thought that I would be a pretty good bride because I wanted my friends there and I wanted it all except for I did get a $1.50 wedding dress from a secondhand store. <laughs> I got my, uh, my wedding was gonna be at my mom's house at the Magic Reservoir and all I wanted to spend money was on my, is on my honeymoon. So, said and done, that night we came home from the big, my big dogs and my family can be a little intimidating, but come on, you can put up with a little bit of people. They're, they're old, they've had strokes, they're okay. Um, got home, we watched Thor. I'm not really sure how Thor the movie correlated to our inevitable breakup, but it did. Um, at the end of Thor, he started crying. And uh, I said, did we just break up? And he said, yeah. There wasn't a whole lot more. It was, uh, I just realized he was scared and well, I don't know. We broke up. Seriously, like the very next day I came back over, I said, are you sure? You know, I think you just set me up for a huge failure. And I could tell you the sad parts after that, but pretty much that was it. Um, but the success story is, I am now an RN. <laughs> I, <laughs> I did get my job, and I'm really happy, and it opened a whole lot of doors. We still haven't figured out my phone. He's still paying for it somehow. <laughs> when do you get together and figure out that? <laughs> he got the sweet smoke deal, smoke jumper deal. But that's the end of the story. I'm alive standing, and I'm very, very happy. And uh, there you go. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Story Story Night is brought to you by fearless leaders Jessica Holmes, that's me, and Anna Dimitriadis, with story seeker Zach Borman, volunteer and ticketing guru Kylie Krill, and studio guides Elizabeth McKetta and Kate Riley. Theme song, music, and podcast production are by the heartbreaker dream maker Dan Costello. Hear more at hearcostello.com. Our partners include Boise State Public Radio and Neighborhood All-Stars. A big thanks goes out to our story think tank and fabulous volunteers. Join us on the podcast next week to get a bit of closure on breakup. Learn more at storystorynight.com.